0: Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Good morning, beautiful Elevate Life Church. Give somebody a high five, and you may be seated this morning. Truly, truly grateful and deeply honored to be here and to be a part of this beautiful family of choice and to be a part of this team here at Elevate Life Church, uh, my name is Jeremy Baker, and I serve as our next-gen uh, pastor, along with my wife, along with my wife, Carissa, uh, and uh, she's, she's my baby back rib, my chicken McNugget, and I'm her Big Mac, so just, you know, that's kind of what we got going on in our family. Well, God bless you so honored that you're here with us. And staycation. We're in the great city of L.A. L.A., yes. Love L.A. Uh, before I, we get into the word this morning, just real briefly, I want to just say thank you and give honor to who honor is deserved and to. And that's our senior pastors, Pastor Keith Kraft and Pastor Sheila Kraft. And I'm truly grateful. I'm truly grateful for our pastors. And I'm just telling you something. Three years ago, I sat down with our pastors, and and God opened a door for me and my wife to be a part of this beautiful family. And I'm truly grateful. He is not only somebody that I look up to and want to be like. When I grow up, I want to be like Pastor Keith. I know I got a lot of growing still to do. Uh, I just I thought it was so amazing how he has just welcomed me and my family, and the Kraft family have loved us and the staff and the pastoral team and all of you. And so, truly, I'm grateful for Pastor Keith. He is he is definitely. Uh, a, a God sent and he's a dream in my life and and I was talking to him just the other day on 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 Friday and even a little bit last night And we were just talking about the weekend and kind of the flavor and the flow of the service today And and I was sharing my heart about the city of LA is the place where dreams come true people leave all over, people from all over the world will leave their 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 city or their country, and they'll go to L.A. to pursue their dream, maybe in the movie industry, or maybe in show business, or whatever it may be, and uh, he was just encouraging me, and, I, and I'm grateful because I remember some things. He was encouraging me about dreams, and I'm grateful for a spiritual leader, a spiritual father like Pastor Keith, you know what he believes, he believes if you're a part of this family, your dream will come true in Jesus' name, and I'm so grateful that we have a spiritual leader like that. And I mean that with all my heart because I sat down with him three years ago and he looked at me and he goes, Jeremy... Your dream is going to come true by serving in this house. And I and I have never in, in, in my 22 years of ministry, no one had ever told me that my dream would come true as I'm working for somebody else. Because normally you help somebody else fulfill their dreams. But Pastor Keith, he said your dream is going to come true as we reach God's dream. And I'm so grateful that we have a leader, that we have a spiritual father that believes in each and every one of our dreams, that if you're a part of this family, this FOC, family of choice, if you're a part of Elevate Life Church, this is what we believe when you're tires hit the parking lot, that your dreams and miracles do happen in your life. And I'm truly honored and grateful. Thank you, Pastor Keith and the beautiful family. And uh, just some random facts about L.A. I don't know if you know this, but about 40 million people a year visit the city of L.A. Uh, They have more cars in the city of L.A. than they do people. That's why they have six-lane highways. And about 5 o'clock, you ain't going nowhere. And uh, for those that don't know, it takes up, the cars take up 24% of the landmass in the city of L.A. L.A. is the capital of the movie industry. More than 100 films are being filmed in TV shows each and every day in the city of L.A. L.A. LA is very popular. They have this uh, place, it's called the Walk of Fame, where they have movie stars, uh, stars that are embedded in the concrete. And over 10 million people just come Every year just to see that. And it's so amazing. And L.A. is a place where dreams, where people do pursue their dreams, where they believe that dreams will come true. Uh, A a story that is a pretty well-known story of a young man who was he was young, and he had a dream to become a, uh, an actor, and this was in the early 80s, and he wasn't getting the big parts that he wanted. And he, was, he was working really hard, and, and he was you know, trying to perfect his craft, but he wasn't really getting the big parts that he wanted, and so he grew up very poor. At one time, the story goes on to say that him and his family, they lived in a Volkswagen van down by the ocean. And they lived down there by the ocean, and he was struggling as an actor. He thought he was better than what he was, and he was staying faithful, and he was staying true, but he was beginning to get a little discouraged. One night, he got in his car that was a, a beat-up old rusty car, and he drove it to the top of a, a hill overlooking the city of L.A. And he, and he, he kind of just schemed across the city, and he did something unusual that night. He pulled out his checkbook, and he wrote himself, he wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he put on the memo line... For acting services rendered, $10 million he wrote himself a check. He put that check in his wallet, he put it in the back of his pocket, and there would be times when he would be discouraged and he'd be lonely and he'd be going through it. He'd pull out that wallet, open up the billfold, pull out the check, and remind himself that he's going to get the big parts one day. Well, about 12 years later, this same young man that had a dream that overlooked the city of L.A., this man was getting the big parts that he wanted. He was making 15 to $25 million per movie, and his name is Jim Carrey. I'm here to tell you to this morning that you can dream big because we serve a big God. You don't have to dream small, but if you want to dream small, that's up to you. But I'm here to pronounce this morning at Elevate Life Church, we're going to dream big for Jesus. We're going to dream big for God. We serve a really big, big God, so he wants us to dream really, really big. You know, uh, some humble beginnings of some people that started uh, out very small. Apple started in the garage, as you know. Today they're worth $750 billion dollars. Nike started out of the back of a pickup truck with Phil Knight. He was selling Nike shoes. Today, the Nike brand alone is worth over $20 billion, just the brand alone. You know Subway. It started in a dorm room, believe it or not, one of my favorite restaurants. Hey, listen, today there's over 44,000 Subways in 110 different countries around the world. Some very humble beginnings. J.K. Rowling, you guys know, she wrote the series uh, Harry Potter. Guess what? She became... Just recently, the first billion-dollar author. But you guys might not know her story. Her husband left her and left her with a very brand-new baby, and she was on welfare, but she had a dream. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Whatever dream you have in your heart, just know one thing. You serve a big God this morning, and God loves you, and he wants that dream to come true. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the plans I have, says the Lord plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a great future and a great hope. You know so many times we go through life and we can get discouraged, we can become lonely, fear can kick in, doubt can kick in, uncertainty can kick in, and all of a sudden we start counting ourselves out. Well, let me just tell you how I feel this morning. God loves me just the way I am. I'm 275 pounds. Listen, I look like an egg on two pencils, but God loves me. I got red hair and freckles, but God loves me. I am somebody in God's eyes. God thinks I'm special. God thinks I'm amazing because if you don't love you, then who can love you? you got to love you because God loves you. you got to be confident in who you are. You're created in the image of Almighty God. You're special this morning. You're fantastic. You're fabulous. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're unstoppable this morning. You serve an amazing God. He loves you. He's not in love with some future version of you. He loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says this. We are created in the image and the likeness of God. That means we are made perfect in his image. You know, so many times we'll look in the mirror and we'll like, huh, that doesn't look good. Let's try something else on. Okay, we'll go back and we'll go back in the mirror. Maybe you guys don't do this, but I do this. Okay, let's, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Okay, and we'll go back and, you know, shouldn't have ate the dozen of donuts, but it's okay. Lord will bless me. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He probably didn't really mean, really taste. And, okay, anyway, so sometimes we can look at ourselves and we can get twisted up and we can get all discouraged. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you just the way you are. You are somebody in his eyes. He values you. He loves you so much that he wants your dreams to come true. He loves you so much that he wants you to chase your dreams. I want to tell you to be a dream chaser because he's the dream maker. Be a dream chaser because he's the dream maker. You know, so many times in life, we can count ourselves out. Maybe maybe you have a dream, and maybe, it's been, maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe the family will say, oh, don't go after that dream. Maybe the boss will say, no, don't go after that dream. Maybe the industry that you work in says, no, you can't reach that dream. Maybe it's, maybe it's the closest ones to you, or maybe it's uh, some relatives. But I'm here, just here to tell you this, it doesn't matter what they say. As long as God says you can do it, then you can do it. As long as God's yes is bigger than their no, and it will always be bigger than their no, because he's a big God, and he has a big... Big yes, and they have a really small no, but don't buy into their little no because of his big yes is bigger than their little no. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. I've got a silver dollar right here. It says $1 on this coin. I could give this to a young man or a young woman, and they might not think nothing of it. They might just think this value of this is only worth one dollar, but the truth of the matter is this: this is a silver dollar. It's not worth just one dollar, but it's a, the amount of silver, the contents of what this is made of, what's on the inside of this, how this is shaped and formed. The value, the weight of this, is worth twenty-five dollars worth of silver. Maybe someone's put a stamp on you and told you that you weren't no good. Maybe someone told you because you went through a divorce. Maybe you're broke. Maybe you've been abandoned. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe the business failed. Maybe you ain't got what you think you got. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what they say. All that matters is that what he says, and if he says you're valuable, you're valuable this morning. You're valuable this morning. You know what the devil's worst nightmare is? The devil's worst nightmare is that we would wake up one morning and realize who we're connected to. The devil's worst nightmare is that we would wake up and realize, man, we have access to the throne of grace. Man, we are sons and daughters of the Most High. The devil's worst nightmare is that one day we would have a a revelation, a reality that we're not just nobodies, but we're somebody's in Jesus Christ. So we can walk with a little bit of a walk. We can have a little bit of flavor. It doesn't matter what the world says. All that matters is what God says. I'm going to walk like I know how to walk it out. I'm going to talk like I know how to talk it out. I'm going to believe like I know how to believe it out. I'm going to shout like I know how to shout it out. I'm going to have faith like I know I have faith. I'm just here to tell you. You can believe it. Oh, you don't have to. Going to Bible school, I heard this story really blessed me. And that's, I've been sharing it for years. A man named Ol Roberts, he was an evangelist. He was a, a, a healing preacher, if you could say. He believed God that as he would pray for people that God would heal them. And he did massive crusades in the 50s and the 60s. And they would set up these big tents. And there would be these big revivals from all over the city. People would come. In this one particular crusade, there was about 4,000 people there. And this was in the late 1950s. And Oral Roberts had just gotten done praying for about 4,000 people. The service went on for about four and a half hours. He was exhausted. He had no faith left. He was tired and he was ready to go. But as he was leaving the tent, he noticed something on the outskirts of the tent, he saw a little boy in a wheelchair. And as he got closer to the wheelchair, he saw the little boy sitting in the wheelchair with a brand new pair of tennis shoes on his lap. And he walked over to the little boy and he says, young man, what can I do for you? The little boy looks up at Oral Roberts and says, I'm waiting for the man of God called Oral Roberts, not knowing who he was, to come in agreement with me and pray with me so I can run home in my brand new shoes. Did you know? That little boy that night ran home in his brand new shoes. God healed him. What am I trying to tell you? Here's what I'm trying to say. If you don't expect much, you're not going to get much. If you have a high expectation, God will deliver every single time. But if your expectation is low, then that's where your faith is going to be. That's why it's time to believe the dream that's in your heart like never before. Your expectation is everything. Expectation is really a piece of faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says in 11, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23, let us not let go of the faith, let us not waver, he who promises is faithful to deliver. So what am I trying to tell you? we got to have faith in God. we got to believe big. We serve a big God. We don't serve a little God. We serve a real big God. So whatever your expectation is, that's where God's going to meet you at. That little boy had an expectation that God would heal him, that God would deliver him, that God would do something. You know, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And it's found in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to go through just a few verses, and we're going to just discuss three points, and I'm going to be up out of your hair this morning. Mark chapter 46, now they came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples. A great multitude followed him. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of uh, Tamaeus, excuse me, thank you, sat by the road begging. He heard that Jesus was coming down the road. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They warned him to be quiet. He, he shouted out even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and he commanded the man to be called. Then they called the blind man and said, Be a good cheer, rise, he's calling you. He threw aside his garment. He arose and went to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, What can I do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said, Go your way, your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus down the road. I want to give you three simple points this morning. I'm going to try to paint a little illustrated message for you this morning. I got my blind Bartimaeus robe. This is kind of a medium. I'm more like a 3X kind of guy. It's going to be like spandex this morning, so praise God. Okay. so Y'all are going to get the point, though. So here it is, blind Bartimaeus' is. Sitting outside of Jericho, Jesus. This is the only time that's recorded that Jesus is in Jericho at this time, and uh, he's sitting outside of Jericho. And the reason why they mention his dad's name that means he must have had some status at one time. Now, blind Bartimaeus, as Bible scholars say and theologians, they say that he had hit rock bottom because now he's on the curb begging for some money, begging for some alms. So he's sitting there. He has got his robe on. The robe was used for a couple different things back then. The robe was used at night to keep him warm. The robe was a status situation based on the color of your robe or what kind of robe you had, it gave you a status in society. Also, the robe could be taken off and laid out in front of you, and people could throw change on it, and you could grab the change as you pulled the robe towards you, and you could feel around. He was a blind man. He had a handicap. So he wore a handicap robe. He wore a robe that labeled him as a nobody in society at that time. So here it was. Number one, he had faith in God. How do you you know that he had faith in God? Because what happens was Jesus was walking out of the city. All of a sudden, blind Barmaeus heard that Jesus was coming so he had faith in God that God was going to do something on his behalf. But you got to move from just having faith. See, faith is not just passive; faith is action. You can have faith, but you got to apply faith to something. James chapter one verse seventeen it says, "Without without works, faith is what dead." So you got to have faith, but you got to have some works to it. You got to put your hand to the plow. You got to you got to start making some forward motion. Start believing. Start trusting. Start speaking those things. And so what happened was. Here it is. All of a sudden, blind Barmaeus, he has faith that Jesus is coming. Even though he can't see Jesus, he can hear Jesus. All of a sudden, he, can't, he doesn't really know which way Jesus is, but he can, he can hear in the crowd that Jesus is coming somewhere around his midst. So what does he do? This is what he does. This is so, so powerful. It says that he began to shout. Do you know you got to have faith to reach your dreams, but you got to have a shout on the inside of you if you're going to reach your dreams? He began to shout, Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, the Bible says... I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalms 34 1. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continue to be in my lips. I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't see my dream coming to pass. I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't see that marriage working out. I will bless the Lord at all times. That business looks like it's failed. I will bless the Lord at all times. My kids are not in the house of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. The doctor gave me a bad report. I will bless the Lord at all times. Things look hopeless right now in my life. I will bless the Lord at all times. My bank account is negative. I will bless the Lord at all times. My note is due. My car payment is due. My house mortgage is due. I will bless the Lord at all times. He got a shout that got Jesus' attention because in verse 49, Jesus stood still. Jesus, the Son of God, stood still. He had a shout that got his attention. Some of us have lost our shout some of us have lost our shout on the inside, and we don't think our dreams will ever come true. I'm just telling you, there's times in my life I've had a shout. I've had a shout, Psalms 81.1, shout to the Lord and make a great shout. Sometimes in life, if you want that dream to come true, you got to get a shout on the inside of you. you got to know the Word of God. Listen, this is the Holy Word of God. There's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, a grand total of 66 books in the Bible. Let's break it down by chapters. There's 929 chapters in the Old Testament, 260 chapters in the New, a grand total of 1,189 chapters in the Word of God. Let's break it down by verses. There's 23,214 verses in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there's 7,759 verses in the uh, New Testament. That's a grand total of 31,173 verses in the Word of God. There's over 7,000 promises in this book. You better believe that you got to get a shout on the inside of you at certain times of your life, and you got to believe that that dream is going to come true. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 105, the word of God is a lamp unto my path, a light. I'm just telling you something. Sometimes you got to grab a hold of this thing. you got to get a shout. You can't have a shout by watching TV all the time. You can't have a shout by hanging out with negative people all the time. You can't have a shout by hanging out with a bunch of nobodies. That's why it's important to hang out with the right people. What we believe here, if you get with the right people in the right place at the right time, the right things happen. Who you're aligned to is a big part of life. We believe in alignment over assignment. I'm just telling you something, this is a great place. The Bible says in Psalms 92, uh, verse 13, it says, those that are planted in the house of, of, of God will flourish. Will see their dreams come true. So here it is, he had a shout that got Jesus' attention. All of a sudden, all those haters... That we're saying, hey, blind Bartimaeus, please be quiet. Don't say anything anymore. Jesus is coming. We don't. He doesn't want to see you. You, got, you don't look too good. You don't smell too good. You got a lot of issues. You got a lot of stuff going on in your life. You're a little handicapped. You've been labeled. We don't want to mess with you. Jesus is walking by. All of a sudden, now Jesus is calling the man. Now all those haters, guess what they're doing? Oh, Jesus is calling you. We're going to take you to Jesus. We're going to take you to Jesus. It's going to be okay. No, we got you. Because we get to get close to Jesus as we take you to Jesus. So we got you. Even though they were haters on you a little bit a few minutes earlier, now they want to become your BFFs, now they want to become your friends, now they want to hang with you because you got some success. Let me just tell you something, whoever you hang with is who you become like. Be careful who you're running with. If you show me your bros, I'll show you your flow. You got to make sure you align yourself with the right people because you can be aligned with some haters or you can be aligned with some celebrators. Don't be around a bunch of haters. Be around people that appreciate you and value you and love you and know that you're going to go forward. Blind Barmaeus, he stood up. And all of a sudden, as he stood up, the men were trying to escort him to Jesus. All of a sudden, this is what he did. I love this. He threw aside his robe. He threw aside his robe. You know what he was saying? Oh, that's what you used to know me as, as blind Bartimaeus. But Jesus, he's calling me. You used to know I had a Handicap. You used to know that I didn't have anything really going on in my life. I had hit rock bottom, and everybody counted me out, and I had nothing really happening in my life right now. But let me just tell you something. I had a shout that got the master's attention. I'm blind right now, but I'm about to see. Something's about to happen in my life. It doesn't look like everybody else thinks it's going to look like. He's not just going to give me a good game or a pat on the back. He's going to ask me what I want, and what I want is that I can see who he is. Oh, so he went over and all of a sudden he let go of that thing. Listen, you can never reach your dreams by holding on to your past. If you keep holding on to your past and trying to go forward, it will never happen in life. That's why you got to let go. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been through a bankruptcy. Maybe you've been through a failed marriage. Maybe you've had some things happen to you. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been mistreated. Maybe you are lonely and desperate and searching. Guess what, guess what, guess what, guess what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to say, hey, that's not me. I'm at Elevate Life Church where dreams do come true. That's not me. I'm going after Jesus. And all of a sudden, he went after Jesus. Man, God showed up and saved them. What am I trying to say? They did a study a few years ago with people in their 90s. They did a study with people that were in their 90s. They asked them, if you could live life again, what would you do differently? The first thing they said, these were beautiful people that were in their 90s. The first thing they said, they would dream bigger and risk more. Dream bigger and risk more. The second thing they said, they would enjoy life at the highest level. They would enjoy the journey. The third thing they said, they would leave a legacy for someone to follow a path for someone to follow i'm just telling you something Let's not wait. Let's not delay. Let's go for it. Let's go after our dreams. Let's risk more. Let's dream bigger. Let's believe that this place is going to be packed out every single weekend. Let's believe that our city is going to be reached for Jesus Christ. Let's believe that our student ministry is going to prosper. Our kids ministry is going to prosper. Our family ministry is going to prosper. Our outreach ministry is going to prosper. That Frisco is going to be known as a place of hope, restoration, where people can find Jesus like never before. Let's believe on the highest level. That God's dream will come true. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is found in Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3 verse 12. The Lord said, a shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from the lion's mouth but will only recover a leg or two and a piece of ear so it will be for Israel. What does that mean? Let me just explain to you in my best of my ability. The devil is the lion. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 that the devil is like a lion seeking who he may devour. He's roaring, trying to devour the sheep. We represent the sheep. Jesus represents the good shepherd. Oh man, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lay down by green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Man, he he, he, he for his name's sake, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, it comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want so Jesus is the good shepherd so he walks over to the lion who has the sheep in his mouth and he walks over and he only sees that there's a leg or two and a piece of ear left and he walks over and he grabs the legs and he grabs the ear and he pulls it from the jaws of the lion now if I was a shepherd I'd be like oh my bad sorry man I took a little nap my bad I had a little lunch break, it was a long lunch break, sorry, okay, I'm going to have to tell dad we lost one, but thank God we ain't the shepherd, thank God Jesus is the ultimate shepherd, he's the good shepherd, and all of a sudden Jesus walks over, he grabs the two legs, he grabs a piece of the ear, and all of a sudden he says, oh, it ain't over. What is that a picture of? As long as there's something still left, as long as there's an ear to hear and a leg to stand on, God can redeem whatever situation you're in because He's the Good Shepherd. As long as there's an ear and a leg to stand on, God can pull you from that devouring devastation. He can redeem your life and bring it back together. It's not in what you lost, it's in what you still have. As long as you have blood going through your heart right now, as long as there's breath in your lungs. Jesus Christ cares about you and He loves you, and your dream can come true. Some of you have stopped dreaming based on what others have said. Some of you have stopped dreaming for so long, being beat down by everybody in society. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God every single week. Not just 40 weeks out of the year, but 52 weeks out of the year. 365 days. I came from the old school mindset. If the church doors are open, we're going to be in the house of God. And I thank God that my dad led that way. I thank God that my mom led that way. I thank God that that's the way I lead my family. Hey, guys, my sons don't even ask me anymore. Dad, it's Sunday. We're we going to church? You don't. Did you have amnesia? Because Jesus is the healer. Because you're about to get healed. You might get healed this way, you might get healed this way, but you're going to get healed. I'm just telling you, we don't even play in our house. We're going to the house of God. This is where dreams happen. This is where inspiration happens. This is where you get motivated. This is where you get your gas tank filled up. This is where you get, listen, the, the, the church is not, it's not, it's not like a, a restaurant. It's a filling station. You come here, you get filled up, you get fired up, and you go out and you deliver it out to your community, to your little region, your city, your, your, your sphere of influence. One of my favorite things, and I'm going to close here in just a moment. One of my favorite things is, I love this story. It's the story of a woman who, uh, 40 years old, she was having bypass surgery. And uh, she had a clogged artery. And so they went in, and for those that don't know, they do about 250,000 bypass surgeries every year. it's, it's, It's becoming more and more common, and people or living longer because it Doctors are saving people's lives. But this particular woman was 40 years old, and she was having an artery to be cleaned out. And so what they do is they open up your chest cavity, and they take your, your main artery, and they hook it up to a machine that pumps warm blood through your entire body, keeping your lungs still moving. But the heart actually stops, and they clean out the artery. And, and then when it's all said and done, they take that machine, and they take those, those valves, and they hook them back up to the heart, and that warm blood is supposed to kickstart that heart again. And this particular surgery, the heart did not kick start back up again. And so what they do is they, they, they give some medicine. And the medicine is supposed to kick back, the, the, the start the heart again. And they gave the medicine, and the medicine didn't work out. And then, And all of a sudden... The next thing they would do, they would take the heart, the surgeon would take the heart, and he would massage it in his hands to simulate the, the beating of the heart. But this particular surgery, it wasn't working. And she's 40 years old, and he took a step back. He's, he's a professional. He's trained in this. He's done, uh, he's done hundreds of uh, bypass surgeries, and he just takes a step back, and he thinks, okay, man, this is supposed to work, this is supposed to work, this is supposed to work. I, I, I don't know what to do. And finally he walks over, and he whispers in her ear, and he says, Mary, 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 You're going to have to tell your heart to beat again. I've done everything I know what to do. You're going to have to tell your heart to beat again. All of a sudden, he takes a step back, and just about five seconds later, that heart starts beating again. I'm here to tell you this morning, some of you, you got to tell your heart to start dreaming again. you got to tell your heart to start believing again. You gotta speak to yourself. Hey, we, 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 we can do whatever we can do, but sometimes we gotta tell ourselves it's time to believe, it's time to trust God, it's time to have faith in God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that where the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than an edged sword. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 4, hey, if God is for me, who can be against me? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God is gonna be with me. I don't have anything to worry about. I'm gonna tell my heart and start to dream again. Start believing again. Start trusting again. Start hoping again. It's going to be okay. you got to tell yourself that sometimes. So many times, so many times we, we, we lose sight of the big picture. We lose sight of who God is. We have a small view of who Jesus is. Oh, look, I see him. Yeah, he helped them, but I'm not sure if he'll help me. Yeah, he did it for them. But I'm not sure if he'll do it for me. And sometimes our view is distorted by the basis on what we think. That's why we say here, if you elevate your thinking, you elevate your life. Oh, I I don't know. I don't know if God can restore. I don't know if God can do that. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But I'm just here to tell you. Jesus says in, or excuse me, Hebrews says in 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can do it back then, he can do it now. If he can do it for that person, he can do it for me. If he can do it for that one woman that got healed of cancer, then by golly, God can do it for me. If he can do it for that one man that give him strength in his legs and he can walk again, then he can do it for me. If he can save that one person's business, he can save my business. If he can restore that one person's family, he can restore my family. Oh, God can do it again. I'm believing. I can see a little bit better now because my faith is activated. Now I can see. Oh, but let me just tell you something. We got to believe bigger than that. Come on, Ryan. We got to believe that God God's going to do the impossible. Oh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him who's able, who's able and willing to do exceedingly bundling. Oh, I see it. Oh, I see it. Oh, I see my marriage being restored. Oh, I see my family coming back together. Oh, I see it. That business deal is going through. Oh, I see it. Man, I'm not going to be broke no more. God's going to bless me. Oh, I can see it. I can see I can see. Oh, he's a good God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's got my back. He's going to take care of me. He's not going to leave me. Oh, there might be a thousand that fall at the right hand and ten thousand at the left, but none's going to come near me because my eyes are on Jesus. Oh, I see him. Oh, I see him. Oh, he's a good Father. Why do we doubt? Why do we stop believing? Why do we stop trusting? Why? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we don't have faith anymore, because of things that we go through, because we stop believing that He is who He says He is, because we had a bad season, we had a bad stint. Oh, man. He's a good God. He wants your dreams to come true. He cares about you. The Blue Ridge Parkway divides the eastern Europe, the eastern U.S., it's a river system that starts in the mountains of North Carolina outside of Wasilla. For 10 miles, there's a little stream that comes out of this mountain. And this little stream for 10 miles, at any time during the 10 miles, you can just step over it very easily. Then it flows into a river called the Nanahana River. And there, you gotta get a, you got to get a little bit of a running start to cross over it for 10 miles. But you can still cross it. Then from there, it goes into the and Lucky River. And there, you got to get a real good running start if you want to cross it. Because it gets a little wider for about another 15 miles. But if you get a good running start, you can cross it. Then it flows from that river into the Mississippi River. Now, if you want to cross the Mississippi, you got to have some kind of bridge that's made out of steel and metal and concrete in order to cross the Mississippi. Then from the Mississippi, it flows into the Gulf of Mexico. Well, there, good luck. You ain't crossing it. What am I trying to say? If you're ever going to go after your dreams, the time is when the stream it's just a step over. If you're ever gonna go after your dreams that God's placed in your heart, the time isn't to wait tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now, five years from now. It's time right now just to step over and trust God. It's just to step over and trust God Why it's small. Don't wait till it's too big, because it might be too late. Now is the moment just to step over and trust God. God is the dream maker. The devil is the dream breaker. The devil wants to rob you of your dream that God put in your heart. I don't know if your dream is even around anymore. Some people stop dreaming. Some people stop believing. Some people give up. They labeled they label me as dyslexia, a dyslexic and special ed, and I remember sitting in small classrooms and sitting in these little, these little cubicles with a teacher, one-on-one training, I thank God for all that. But I remember just having this label in elementary school, middle school, and high school that I was never going to amount to anything. They told my mom it would be lucky if he graduates high school and get a normal job. You know, for a long time in my life, I believed that. For a long time in my life, I let people label me. I'm here to tell you, don't buy into that. Don't buy into that. Don't buy into that. Don't let somebody put a label on you. Don't let someone tell you because you got some kind of disability or, or whatever it is, or you got this or you got that. Don't let somebody put that on you. When I was 17 years old, I felt like at church camp, God said, hey, I want you to be in the ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. Seven years later, I stood in the Eskikai in St. Petersburg, Russia, and I preached to 60,000 people. I didn't know what that looked like. That's how I pat me on the back. I had no idea what I was even preaching, to be honest with you, because I had a translator. Hopefully he was preaching right. But all I know is I was there. And I saw 60,000 people thinking, oh, Lord, when you say it, as long as I believe it, as long as I apply my hand to it, it's going to happen. Ten years ago, I sat on the other side of this church building. I came to this church. My wife found this beautiful church. And I came to this place. She goes, you're really going to love this place. The pastor's got really big arms, and he can break concrete, too. You're going to really like this. So I came to this church and I sat in the audience and I thought, man, this ain't no normal church I ever been to. Man, they got dudes got long hair playing the guitar, you know, going all out, lights and everything. I was like, this is awesome, man. Like, wow, this is amazing. Because I grew up very traditional. Also, I thought, wow, it'd be cool if I could maybe ever be a part of a place like that. I moved away and did some other things for a season. But three years ago, I came back to Frisco, Texas. And because of God's faithfulness and because of our senior pastors, God opened the door to allow me and my family to be on this beautiful stage, to allow me to be on this beautiful stage this morning, presenting the gospel to you. I don't know what dream you have. Maybe it's 10 years ago. Maybe it's 20 years ago. You're never too old to stop dreaming. Moses was 88 when he stood before Pharaoh. And he said, hey, let go of God's people. He was 88 years old. Let me just tell you something. Age is just a number. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care if you're 87 or you're seven. It's time to believe big for God. It's time to know that God wants your dreams to come true and stop doubting and stop complaining and stop wondering if it's ever going to happen. It will happen in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure and visit ElevateLife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.